Well, lads, how are you? How are you getting on? Good now. More sport this morning, is it? There's a fair <laughs> bit of sport, yeah. That's the common theme on this. Sometimes we squeeze in some other stuff, but generally... OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Well, I promised the Dan McDonald experience before the news there. Let it commence. Dan, did, let us experience did, did you it. actually promise that? I did, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I was was that some, ironic? Nah, well, I was doing some other uh, commercial read and it talked about, you know, the insert commercial partner here, experience. So you remember what it is now, John? No, I do, but, you know. Yeah. And I said the Dan McDonald experience is next. Ah, I see what you did there. I mean, you know, you could add a little bit ironic in its tone. But still, I'll take it. Uh, golf fans talk about the Jordan Spieth experience in non-ironic terms. Oh yeah, no, that, I mean, he's such a roller coaster. Yeah, although he wasn't on Sunday, he played very sensible enough. He was solid. Yeah, still lost. Yeah, yeah. It's not the usual Jordan Spieth experience. No. Uh, the Liverpool experience took a healthy turn in the right trajectory last night. We're going to talk about midfield maestro. Trent Alexander. Yeah, if I know you well, Joe, you're going to tell me they've turned the corner. <laughs> They're back. I'm less confident now than I was yeah. that night against Everton. Yeah. I'll give you that. Chelsea and Real Madrid, second half just started. Nil all on the night, still 2 0 Madrid, of course, on aggregate. Chelsea have been full of intensity, not a huge amount of creativity. I haven't seen the game, I have to confess, in any great depth. Oh, the, the shocking thing that happened in this game. Go on. Can I tell you? Please. Luka Modric. Did you see this? Luka Modric, cross field ball. Uh, outside his own box straight to Conor Gallagher probably the worst moment of football that Luka Modric has been guilty of in his life mm-hmm. so uncharacteristic and it's, and it's one of these things for Chelsea that if you are going to do it if you are going to like you know execute the impossible or not the impossible but you know an improbable comeback like you've got to capitalise when someone like Modric makes a mistake like that would have been the, the narrative the story of the night you know Madrid these serial winners it's a classic one like Modric made this horrendous mistake that a good team would punish comes to Conor Gallagher he just gets it all wrong and that's it you know if you're going to have make a Liverpool Barcelona night or make one of these nights you just have to like just seize on those moments and uh, Chelsea have had a couple of chances Kante had a great great chance as well swiped at it um, and I think their chance to build that momentum towards the great upset I think they, it might have just passed them by in Naples 1-0 to Milan so 2-0 on aggregate Napoli liked by a lot of people runaway leaders in Serie A this would be a third defeat at the hands of Milan this season they were beaten 4-0 in the league and obviously beaten last week 1-0 and it's 1-0 now in Naples I mean winner of that game will face most likely Inter or Benfica in the semi-final so we're going to have a quote-unquote lesser light in a Champions League final this year What's the, well, uh, what's your definition of a lesser light now in the modern football? Uh, Is that I mean, like you could be right? I'm not somebody, saying a team in their first final in a decade or first final. So the, are the Milan's now a lesser light? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see the point. Like it just it, to me though, there's something about AC Milan. You just you, it's depressing to that you would think in those terms. They're a legacy football club. Yeah. So who are the okay? If they are the lesser lights yeah. of the Champions League, who are the who are the big guns? Real Madrid. Is, is it is it Real Madrid? Like is it is it Real Madrid, Man City? Yeah. If Liverpool were there, would yeah. they count? They would. Um, Manchester United would they count now? Yes. No. But you wouldn't describe them as a lesser light. You would say it looks like we're going to have one of the lesser lights there. 
I feel like AC Milan shouldn't be a lesser rival. Well, they no. are. So, sorry, <laughs> you've to play, checked. You, yeah. you've, you, it's like the definition of world class, right? <laughs> it doesn't really is no definition. The definition of lesser light. Like I, just, I think it's mad, that, and I'm not. It's not. This isn't a criticism. It's more the sense that that your instinctive thing is to like survey that side of the draw and just go. They're all there's yeah. the lesser lights. I mean, Napoli are like top of Serie A. I know. You know, there's more Serie A clubs involved than Premier League clubs. At the, That's just at, a quirk of the draw. Mm. Bayern not a lesser light. Also, PSG. No, absolutely not. They were in a Champions League final three years ago. Mm. They've spent a gazillion pounds on their squad. Yeah, but they, they, I mean, yeah, they just they. You don't trust them though. Not a legacy brand like AC Milan. Yeah, no, I know. I, I feel like Serie A is maybe having a little bit of a revival in terms of quality. Oof. Wow, you've blown me away there. Well, <laughs> listen, you, I know you just want your you just want your big guns, you know. <laughs> just get these lesser lights out of the competition. I, I, you know, I grew up. The, the, the latter half of the Champions League is no place for these upstarts like I grew AC up. Milan and Inter Milan. I grew up. Benfica. Benfica, what are they even doing here? So, like, I, so at a certain point, we do have to, you know, park what happened in the 50s and 60s, Dan. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Porto with the Champions League. And I know, like, you still talk about Hungary as leading lights <laughs> yeah. in world football. But well, you know, they, they've made a comeback with the help of uh, some authoritarian regimes. That's true. Yeah, they've got some good stadiums now. They, uh, no, they are Leicester Lights, Milan. I, I suppose wealth is a big factor. I would think... Um, They've slipped slowly but steadily down the wealth charts. No, over I know. The last 20 years. I know. I just, I still feel. Uh, I don't know. The pre, the pre, the prestige of the club has to count for something. Yeah, they're right? a legacy brand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I, I, I feel like Syria. The, the clubs have performed a little bit better in Europe this year. They are. Yeah. Maybe they're not like they're not competition winners. You no. know, like you know, they have like, oh, this, oh, it's nice to. You're a nice racing to get a man. Chance to you're play a racing man. They're also runs. Also runs no. Well. So sorry, are you, are you saying oh AC Milan twenty twenty three are like the giants of Europe? They're in that second bracket. Mm, I don't know. I, I think like they're. I wouldn't rule them out. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be looking at the final going. Well, this is just whoever. See, okay, who's going to be in it? Like you know, and City, Madrid, like you know, whichever side you look at it. Are you, are you thinking? Oh, well, that's that. That wouldn't be like that's not going to be a contest. Like, that's not. Nah, I, I know what's going to happen here. Man City are in the final or if Madrid are in the final and they're playing against AC Milan fourth in Serie A beaten seven times this year then in as much as you would think a Champions League final is a foregone conclusion mm. and I, you know admittedly in a sport where shocks happen and it's a low scoring game so shocks can happen uh, in that context I would say yeah that's pretty much yeah. a handy Champions League final for Man City or Real Madrid yeah I don't know I feel, I feel like Man City have lost to weaker teams in the Champions League of course, they, years, I know? made the point shocks happen in football it's a low scoring yeah. game but like Milan fourth in Serie A beaten seven times this year you know I know, I know, I know. I, I, look I know you still think Berlusconi's running the world <laughs> but times have changed I'm very, very nostalgic for uh, you know the yeah. 90s in particular in football maybe, yeah, like, I mean, maybe there is an element of just wanting it not to be so like, I, just, I just think it's, it's just interesting that's the natural instinctive thing that you would say like is there a, is there a new generation of, of football fan like you know sort of 20 or under who, that's, just, that's just what they think oh yeah do you know what I mean, I mean sorry I'm speaking from a, a deep and real experience of the 90s and of Kaka destroying Manchester United at Old, Trafford, at Old Trafford and even that Milan-Juventus final at Old Trafford and of course of the Liverpool Champions League games that sensational Milan side I mean you, you look back at that 05-07 Milan team and it's off the charts good so I'm not speaking of 
Oh, I've just arrived here 10 years ago. Yeah, we're Mil- Milan, we're good. But we're we've like- had Juventus in recent memory, like get, like very recent memory. Yeah. Like get to, the, yeah, I know they were like particularly dominant team in Italy at the time. You know, they were stacking up titles back to back and like they had their pursuit and obviously the whole thing about, you know, getting Ronaldo and they, they actually got further away. But, they, you know, they were they were there. Like we've had Italian teams around finals. Oh, I know. You know, so it's just... I didn't call them a lesser light. They were in that Champions League they final were, against Barcelona in 15, you know? They're, they're they were, part were, of the elite stages. A, b- a bigger light, yeah. Yeah. Uh, brighter light, yeah. I didn't think this, it'd be even a... I didn't realise the, the half of the Champions League draw was so offensive to you. It's the dud half. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, this is not... You know, this, yeah. this, this, draws a, it, this draws a card. I mean, on, on, on broader terms, it, I think Napoli might have injected just by into their football and, and their freshness uh, a, a touch more excitement perhaps mm. if they managed to get through so if they go out tonight you have to say it's the most disappointing knockout stages of the Champions League since yeah uh, we haven't had the magic there is, I, don't, I, don't, I, I wouldn't be well versed enough on the recent history to, to pick a random year but we haven't had the, the craziness no of no craziness years. and even that PSG the PSG Bayern had the potential for it and and nearly the first leg was any better than the second leg you know in terms of that regard so we haven't had those like it is the highest level of football but I don't know like is it just a hangover from the World Cup like the World Cup we had the amazing World Cup in December and, and uh, we were we were spoiled by the knockout football there and the Champions League has struggled to hit those heights this year but, but who knows the best could we could still have a, a amazing semi-finals mm. like it's, it's, it's a potential yeah. you know like you have to, we'll see what way things work out but obviously you have potential for a Man City Real Madrid game which, which could be pretty good so on Chelsea we're seeing Frank Lampard uh, remonstrate with a fourth official there the word seems to be that Todd Bowley didn't say anything too embarrassing pre-game he took the Real Madrid delegation out to Michelin star River Cafe in London that's what you do yeah at all levels you have to you're, all levels of European football you have to bring the away away team I think wasn't it Shamrock Roberts when they had Juventus here they brought them to the winding stair I think it is oh, yeah okay. you have to you have to bring them to a, a good spot you can't just bring them to I don't know a takeaway a choice or something you have to do it in a certain style well last week he um, strolled out of that uh, Michelin star restaurant mm. in Madrid and said 3-0 Chelsea and obviously it's been a disastrous week and there was the photograph of him remonstrating have you seen the photo? I did yeah standing in the box looking up and loads of Chelsea fans looking down yes and he's trying to reason with them that never goes well at any level of football that never goes well and then he went into the dressing room and in effect told his team that they were having an embarrassing season it seems one I was saying to Pat Nevin last night major signing of the last 12 months a lot of money paid so it could be any one of 20 players was singled out and told you're particularly not living up to the billing sorted out and that player is now very disgruntled who do you reckon do you have a guess who do you, I mean is Cucurella important enough to <laughs> say that to no I mean you're not going to be saying it. You, you've got to be looking at like Enzo Fernandez or Mudrich, you know, in the sense of the outlay that they've put, like the the hassle of these eight year, yeah. you know, twenty eight year contracts or whatever it is they've done. I mean, if they said are it, to, are you more likely to be? Are you more likely to be annoyed by them? Know. If he said it to Aubameyang, then I mean, Aubameyang could have just said, "Well, what did you expect?" Doesn't even count. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I haven't even seen leaks as to who he might have. No, no, I, I doubt. I think it's a but it's, it, it has marked the six hundred million pounds spent and now exit Champions League, stuck with Frank until the end of the season. It has uh, marked all the papers, all the. the columnists in the papers today 
they're making the point this is pretty much the most embarrassing slash disastrous new ownership in many a decade yeah and maybe we've spoken about it before but like it's it i mean the 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 i mean the general point that again like you you confuse yourself into thinking sometimes that you know football works like business you know and the 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 cream rises to the top in terms of like judgment or whatever it's just like you know they're obviously brilliant in other aspects of their life to accrue this wealth but when it's applied to football um, it doesn't always work out in the way, you, but it's I mean it's almost spectacularly bad. Yeah, though. to the point where I like maybe you don't have to be that brilliant to make five billion. You just have to be lucky. Well, I mean, well, I mean that's a broader point, and uh, I mean we can tease. Let's that get one into out. that. Yeah, we can tease that one out. I've seen success. I've seen. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, like uh, I was, was he born into this? Um, I so mean, yeah. Nick has his hands over his ears. There will be no spoilers. Oh yeah, that well, uh, pe- uh, the people who do that. Are yeah, bad people. I got caught by that last week. Shocking. If someone, hasn't watched, if someone hasn't watched last week yet, they may not have. Let's not even finish the sentence. Someone did a job of me there. Really? Yeah. Very poor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, his uh, conduct, his decision making, the lack of logic, everything about the Bowley regime thus far has been like borderline yeah. childlike. And, I mean, and you just don't want to end up in national stereotypes here, but I mean, like American ownerships. It feels like sometimes the, in particular, the how it transfers to the the football landscape, Although, and how it works. Yeah, FSG at Liverpool did a really smart job. No, it's true, but like clearly there are like good examples of it. But um, I suppose the the American franchise system and how sport and, and when you own a brand and how it operates. I mean, wasn't that one of the things with the Bowley thing that it was almost an assumption that you know Chelsea will compete in all these big competitions yeah. every year. This whole context of like this, this this thing of having to qualify for the Champions League. I mean, if they're not in the Champions so they're going to, you know, if they're knocked out of the Champions League tonight. Which they are. Madrid yeah. just scored a third. Well, there you go. The, w- w- now they are being knocked out of the Champions League tonight. You know, they're not going to play a Champions League game for uh, another two years two years minimum you know so uh, and, and I'm guessing that you know when going to take over Chelsea as much as the Premier League is obviously a monster in its own sake yeah. um, you know the, the Champions League is a part of it and Bowley did seem to be confused by the whole qualifying on, thing On the uh, American front I suppose the cliche with American owners in Premier League terms is that they wouldn't spend any money that they're there to make a book mm. the Glazers primary example FSG very smart but very prudently uh, run club under their stewardship whereas Bowley has arrived and spent £600 million now I know he's done it in a way where he thinks we're going to beat financial fair play and there's 25 year long contracts for the likes of Mudrick which everybody is uh, sceptical over but uh, £600 million I don't think a team has ever spent £600 million worse like on yeah, but like if you're trying to do a job, on, like if, if there's if there's some um, Machiavellian, you know, could you ruin Chelsea without anyone knowing that you're actually doing that? Uh, the spending of that six hundred million is is just beggars. It it truly beggars belief. As Kai Havertz leads the line, supported by Gallagher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's look, it's true. I mean it does seem like well, you know, we have wealth. You know, let's. Uh, let's get people on board like the, the Chelsea thing was in, in the window in January was just very much like let's give people what they want like what do football fans want transfers mm. can we buy all these players or it's like someone and there was this seemed to be all this briefing stuff going on about how well who's making the decisions about A, B and C and it's all you know it's sort of a 
sort of a weird web of 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 spinning. No, there's there's a strategy here. It's like the whole backing Potter thing was a strategy until until he was gone. Um, there is a sense of like you kind of wonder is someone just reporting to someone at their desk and going yes let's get this guy let's do it like it's a short term hit and even someone who you see trying to reason with fans that almost shines a light into their psyche in some respects that they're not sort of sitting there you know in their own world comfortable away from it all they're like they want to be loved or they want to be understood or they want to get their message across if you know yeah. what I mean well the, the way Bowley was trying to reason with the fans would suggest he wants to be popular yeah this isn't the Glazers going <laughs> Sorry, I don't care what you think. Mm. This was somebody who wants to be understood. And yeah, wants his perspective. Yeah, and there's some of the stuff. I mean, I don't know. I, I keep thinking that the Dundalk owners who are going to buy the Aviva Stadium. You know, like, and this is the thing. Like, you, where are we on that deal? Yeah, <laughs> it hasn't happened. You know, it hasn't happened. But like, you know, you keep hearing. You know, around that time, you just hear stories of you know you move in these incredibly wealthy circles. It's like you know, yeah, there, you know, there's some fella there who had like Bon Jovi played his birthday party. It's like, oh, it's very impressive. You know, these are these are wealthy people. But it's like that's great. But like applying that. Uh, to football and you know having some as much as football's fair play rules and everything are completely arbitrary to some respects like you know it's it's we'll see how seriously you want to take them it does show that you can't just buy everything no matter like you know you can't buy yes you can buy success over time like over time Newcastle as we've shown are getting there you know Man City have already done it they've bought success uh, other teams um, without the regimes behind them have bought success like you know with a lot of spending but it does show you do need a little bit of strategy behind this yeah. you know like it does show that you can't just blindly throw cash and be successful but maybe you know that's the dream that's sold to people look at Man City what they've spent if you come in here and you spend this amount of money mm. you will you will have that same success Shelburne Shamcrovers was on TV on Friday night it was, yeah. It was a good game, actually. It was a very good advertisement for the league. Mm. It was a real glimpse of where it could go very soon. Good crowd, good atmosphere. Duffer on the sideline adds a certain glamour and the game itself was high tempo. It was great. You, I had a few people on to me now who wouldn't be regular viewers who were saying the same thing. Oddly enough, I was at Bowes Pats, which was great, but it was good. It was 2-2 draw if anyone missed it. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I don't always, I, I, I'm not necessarily always around on Friday evening, but it was, yeah. and it was on TV and it's, it's amazing how live sport on TV, you say, oh, well, see what this is like for 10 minutes. And it's a really good sign when you're there 45 minutes later thinking this is just yeah. a, a very entertaining uh, product. Although I see um, a, a point of discussion in the league, and I'm sure we have lots of people listening as we speak, Dan. It's 20 past nine. They've played their Astro between eight mm. and nine. Uh, they're of a certain age and they're feeling it right now. The back is sore, calf is gone, joints are sore. Uh, Dundalk manager Stephen O'Donnell believes that there is a direct correlation between the numbers of injuries his team have and the fact that they play on an, an artificial surface at Oriel Park. Uh, what's more, they play Derry on Sunday, also play on a synthetic uh, surface at the Ryan McBride Brandywell Stadium, and there were further additions to the treatment table. And so Stephen O'Donnell said, I'm speculating, all I know is we've got a lurry load of injuries and Derry have got a lot of injuries. I would just be uh, worried about that injury count and... He did uh, concede that the playing surface is above my pay grade. But uh, if the owners are listening, I'm saying this in as thinly veiled way as possible. For God's sake, get us off this AstroTurf. 
Yeah, and um, no, I was at that game as well on Sunday in Dalkin Derry, and um, there would have been two injuries sustained by the dog. One um, in the warm up, but might have been carrying a knock already. But the Andy second, Boyle. yeah, and then Greg Sloggett during the game. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, Derry a couple of months back, actually, another TV game, Derry and Sligo, and the Sligo Rovers, that wasn't as good a spectacle. I mean, there was two long injuries in that game for Sligo Rovers players, and Sligo Rovers had a third player. Um, injured that weekend underage in the Brandywell now as you say a lot of people in the car or wherever they are now like who play on an astral surfaces know how hard it can be on on the body on you know when you twist when you move when you plant it sometimes um, you know and you know you, you know the difference even between I think this is important between a good astroturf and a bad like bad one you know older ones that need to be replaced um, what's the quality of the dairy Dundalk the, 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 thing, the point is that they would be they wouldn't be good quality like Shamrock Rovers for example in the conference league last year the Molda games and Jurgarden games away they were both played in Astro I don't think we, anyone remembers that being a su- subject of commentary like because they're a really high class um, artificial pitch but the Dundalk and Derry ones I mean they're, they're not good wouldn't be popular with players um, pretty unforgiving I think Sunday afternoon the Lindog Derry game it was actually quite warm on Sunday it was bone dry in the afternoon there would be a view that sometimes if you water these pitches you know they can be okay they can play okay but this afternoon even if you had watered it it's quite sticky and like it, not a great spectacle you know as actually second half ended up being quite entertaining but there's an element of lottery around that now like Dundalk have had this pitch for a long period of time people from other clubs would rightly point out that Dundalk enjoyed great success um, with the AstroTurf pitch um, as much as they were a good football inside you know they, they had a good home advantage there um, Derry to be fair um, have terrible home form you know and they're actually much better away from home and I think you know Rory Higgins has always been open enough about wanting a grass pitch there uh, and it may want to happen but I think the, like there's financial necessities here like you know when, when those pitches were brought in the Derry one is a council one um, institute who play in the Irish League also the Northern Irish League also play there There'll be it would be used for other things Dundalk all sorts of games like you know you are played in Oriel Park teams training whatever there's an efficiency to them um, but if we're talking about a league that's going to a decent place now at the moment and it's pretty obvious you know if you turn on a game in Tala like the pitch the backdrop everything is a part of it these pitches aren't good but it, it is true there's a lot of players with long term injuries at those clubs you know mm-hmm. Dundalk and Derry and it, you, you can't say with certainty right you can't declare with certainty this is the reason for all the injuries but it's not helping and you know there are players with histories or you know history of sort of muscle problems or type of injuries who are on the sidelines a lot um, and the problem is though like they're expensive to replace and they have to figure out what to do mm. um, but it, it's like it's as I said it happens too often that you, you watch a game on one of those Astro pitches and there's an injury it happens far too often mm. what's the best surface in the league I think Tala would be viewed as a very good one yeah I think it's been the most consistent one in recent seasons there's, there's other ones that have had issues you know the, the, the Sligo surface would have been quite a popular one but then the start of last year was terrible you know UCD they play a bit of rugby there they share that pitch and that's been a problem um, you know the Bows and Shells have had hit and miss in recent years I haven't heard much chat about the Bows when in negative terms this year but yeah Tala will be Tala will be very good um, they're leading on every front well they are yeah I mean like my view on the TV thing 
and it's not always a popular one but like I sort of think you know there should be positive discrimination towards the better venues like that's you know I know there's the line the good advertisement for the league well, what does that even mean you know like it's sort of a, if it's a bad game is it a bad advertisement for the league you know it's, it's sort of a thing. but it is true that the backdrop to me is huge I think the level of football that's been played or the entertainment level of football played has been quite good but often that can be diminished by a bad backdrop I think if you turn on the TV and you see um, houses in the background or a car park you're just naturally drawn away from it and often you, you see our teams play in Europe uh, and they look very good and it's like well yeah you give them a stage to play on and you'll see that like they're they're okay 100% you know? that applies to all sports it does of course it does GAA like, at a provincial ground can look really small time and you put the same two teams at Crow Park transforms it it does. No, it does. I mean, like you, you could put a good Premier League game on in a really bad ground and people wouldn't be as drawn to it. I say people, of course, there are people who appreciate it who would completely be absorbed um, by it. But it's going it's kind of some, like, some of the best goals I've ever seen, like are completely ruined. The clips are completely ruined by the the backdrop. Yet then you see these goals in Tala, like the Jordan Flores goal a couple of years ago or whatever, and it's... It, it's enhanced by by how it looks. There's absolutely no doubt about that, and yeah, bring us back around to that facility argument, uh, Euro twenty eight, twenty eight, and all that. We, we did that last week. Yeah, Dan, very much in favour of Euro twenty twenty eight. Yeah, just if you missed it, yeah, that's my that's my general team summed up. Yeah, Chelsea uh, nil, Real Madrid one on the night. Rodrigo so three nil on aggregate. Madrid sailing through as expected, and then AC Milan still one nil up on Napoli, two nil up on aggregate. So looks very much like it's Milan through to the semi-finals where they could face Inter Milan. I mean, that would be an atmosphere. If uh, that's uh, the it's good to see two lesser lights getting together. Yeah, it's good the underdogs get through now and again. Yeah. Uh, football show coverage brought to you by Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports Dan we haven't talked Arsenal we haven't talked Liverpool last night either, either uh, Trent Alexander Arnold so we'll do that in just a moment Football on off the ball with Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports Welcome back. Uh, just a reminder by the way 3rd of May at the Mansion House in Dublin myself and Nathan will be there with John O'Shea Wes Brown Paul Merson it's a Champions League themed road show in partnership with Just Eat exclusively off air tickets are limited so don't delay offtheball.com forward slash events is where you can get involved Just Eat being the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League although Dan I do see the Daily Mail are saying that John O'Shea is the favourite for the Reading job now will he still turn up for our Champions League road show of course he will. I'm not worried about that, Dan. But Stephen Kenny might be reading this news and saying, am I about to lose another coach? Uh, manager, Martin. Nothing worse than a, a manager, a, a, a story uh, crafted by the betting odds for a manager. Once so. unfortunate, twice careless. What's three and four? Uh, I don't understand. Well, I don't know what it is. You know, uh, Once bitten, twice shy, third. Why does know. Stephen Kenny keep losing assistant managers? Well, I mean, they keep getting jobs. But I will stress in this case, I think John O'Shea is maybe, I'm, I'm checking up next manager odds now, best price, something like two to one. Okay. Like if he's going to be manager and they actually, if a bookie believes someone is going to be the manager, right, they have inside information. They won't be two to one. They'll be one to 33. Okay. So like manager stories, you get these press releases. Sorry, I'm going off a bit of a tangent. But like, um, uh, I will do, get on board with this stuff when it's not just a press release from a bookie. 
bit of we, journalism there Joe so there's okay. no journalism in that story press release from Bucky journalist easy story yeah done yeah to me that's a nothing story I mean like as I said if it was if you're saying to me uh, you know Reading Chronicle are reporting that John O'Shea's like believed well, they might be. I haven't checked okay I don't, they're, they're not I can <laughs> tell you this <laughs> I checked that earlier when I saw that is this something to be concerned about uh, no not at that point it wasn't uh, so uh, there is no third after carelessness Oscar Wilde never elabor- elaborated Michael tells me well I mean that would yeah could have added to it well he was talking about a, a parent I suppose was the issue in the quote I haven't thought about it to lose one parent misfortune to lose both looks like carelessness which is quite a callous thing to say to someone who lost both parents is that, was that actually the origins of the phrase I think so now I don't know if it was uh, did he uh, did Mr. Worthing lose the parents like in a literal where are they gone sense or to death if it was to death it was a harsh comment yeah I feel like people who were well on top of their sort of literature are cringing at this discussion now so this is, this is particularly bad content, I've seen the importance of being earnest mm. and I just can't remember didn't consume it Trent Alexander-Arnold reborn as midfielder discussion this is interesting yeah no it is yeah so like, um, if you didn't see this last night 6-1 win for Liverpool I, I had just been listening to Gary Neville's podcast the other week where after Trent's first foray into midfield in a John Stones Zinchenko type way Neville was saying look I can see the appeal of, of putting him in there but if you're talking about elite games elite midfielders who have a 360 view of the game at all times who can take the ball under pressure turn out and keep possession Trent will not be able to do that I've played with those players I've seen what it's like in there he won't be able to do it um, well I kind of I, I find myself thinking I can sort of see what you mean you know it's hard to go from right back where you're approaching the play with the security of nobody behind you and, and, and uh, you know you've almost a 180 uh, portion of the pitch not to worry about and suddenly you're thrust into the middle it's a bit more difficult uh, however Trent spent a lot of time in midfield against Leeds two assists I would say the first assist for Gakpo that had very little to do with his midfield positioning if anything that was very much his right back on the overlap positioning yeah. but certainly his second assist for Nunes I mean it was all the best attributes of Alexander-Arnold laid bare I mean if you were watching on a fuzzy television and someone said it was Thiago with that pass through you'd say oh yeah that looks very much like Thiago in there uh, Gary Lineker tweeted afterwards I've said it for years I'd love to see Alexander-Arnold play in midfield regularly it's the position he grew up playing play to your strengths yeah I mean I suppose the only thing is right it's still not a proper test yet as in you know, chasing the game against Arsenal so you're naturally going to be in the ascendancy a bit you know because you're, you're, you're playing yeah. catch up and a game where your team scores six against Leeds you know and I know like Jamie Carragher spoke about it at length and saying how like his range would remind you of De Bruyne and that's of course I think you can see how that would be the case and didn't he have a huge amount of touches as well right like you, had, you know you'd was a large amount of number of touches more than than the Leeds players 153 right? touches against Leeds he made 124 accurate passes so 153 touches is astronomically high yeah no that is and like that to me is probably even maybe more significant in a way than say 
the, the brilliant passes that he executes like like clearly that will happen with his ability that's not hugely surprising but like to, to Neville's point it's more about I suppose your ability to control the game and, and have that sort of you know that sort of 360 sort of you know perspective on everything that's going on that's more the thing because you don't I mean, do you go into midfield if you're him and become a De Bruyne or is it more likely that you want him to be a sort of a top-class defensive midfielder with a bit of range? You know, in terms of how he's been used, right, to like give a bit of cover for Fabinho. So you're more so... It's funny. You're talking about like a, like a Modric sitting in I, front of a, I, of a back four. And, and this actually is a damning point to make when it comes to him being a defender. I don't think he sees danger. I don't think he'd be a very good defensive midfielder. But see, that's, 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 that's part of... I so think he's, he's De Bruyne. But then he's not. So is he suddenly going to become what, like you know, uh, De Bruyne protected by? Okay, De Bruyne is a little bit of an all-rounder, but you know, he can often have what is Rodri or he has. He can run back know, and he can make tackles, but I mean, Gundogan, like you know, who doesn't? He doesn't see danger. He makes funny decisions under pressure. He does that routinely. I think it's yeah. It's a big and transition to go from being a to be to being an attacking midfielder. Maybe like maybe it's viable, but I sort of feel like is he going to end up in between two stools as a midfielder? Do you know like what is he that in in a really high level game? Yes, where that's, you, and that's Neville's point. You know where do you play him? Yeah, against Man City, right? Like Liverpool playing Man City tomorrow. You know where are you what are you going to do with him? Yeah, well, if ever there was a season where they have chances to experiment, this is it. All these games. Oh, that's true. That, that is a fair point. Yeah. So maybe they throw him in. Uh, Chelsea have just conceded uh, like a withering type goal. Uh, fans heading for the exits. It's one of those astroturf goals that really shouldn't happen at this level, oh, where no. they're torn apart. Ball is taken around last defender. It's taken around keeper. It's squared, and goal scorer takes long time to kick the ball into empty net. Just. Uh, nail in the coffin type uh, moment beautiful football it must be said but just kind of oh yeah ugh awful to the extent that Kepa even gives <laughs> who's the defender that turns his back before the ball is even goes into the goal is it Thiago yeah <laughs> he's got oh that won't age well <laughs> no that is not uh, that is an idea Thiago's it is Thiago he's, he's facing halfway when the ball hasn't even been finished yeah uh, he just turns around like that's it not even going to look at this I know what's happened here. It's a, it's a painful goal. Yeah. I the, think they're talking about Thiago on TV because they've now shown a replay of him on his honkers. You definitely don't turn your back when the ball <laughs> hasn't been scored yet. Um, the Lampard thing, I mean, what's the opposite of a new manager bounce? Like, you know, like, I mean, clearly you, you do it to get a, an instant response. Mm. And when your instant response is four defeats. Yeah. Again, I think not ideal. I mean, like, I mean, the whole Lampard rehabilitation, his reputation thing, isn't going so well. No, no. He's been asked about James Corden in press conferences, yeah, amongst other things, and not been able to go well. You know, this is lunacy. The worst part is he's going to come out now and just throw the players under the bus. That's been his way of doing things. Mm. He did it after at the weekend. He's going to do it again now. He's going to wash his hands of the whole situation. I, I, I'm really not sure he's equipped actually. It just he feels very inexperienced, and uh, he was the last candidate on the planet to go in and make sense of an unsettled Chelsea squad based on how he performed first time around. Yeah, I mean you got to think, like, I mean the fact is we just no real response at all. Mm. And okay, Madrid are a very difficult team to play. Okay, so and maybe the Wolves game 
wasn't you know they 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 sort of they picked a weakened team because his job is concentrate on Europe. I could see I can I can sort of understand that, but God, even the Brighton one, even just how and I know Brighton are again are good and maybe it's how you perceive Brighton rather than the relative strengths of the the sort of teams at the moment, but. Like they were so terribly bad in that game you just would think with the quality of players that if there was a real affection for Lampard or respect for Lampard you'd get some kind of instant jump yeah like it's probably really helped Graham Potter I would say these last four games big time played four lost four scored one conceded seven and counting yeah. Rodrigo with the second goal so four nil on aggregate mm. on uh, Trent I suppose it's you know it, it's interesting you have on the one hand Lineker saying well this is obviously the way forward you've someone like Neville both very good observers of the game saying no trust me I've been there he's not built for being in the thick of it at a high level game midfield he just won't have the feet he won't have the awareness to suddenly just go in there I uh, I, I mean I, I can jury's out but I can see him adapting pretty quickly and what does he need with him though I think is that is that not the question like I mean, weird to say, he needs someone who's very defensively minded. Yeah. Because, again, to that Arsenal, the the goal where he just completely was out of step with Canade when Martinelli was just on the end of the most telegraphed pass from a Xhaka that you'll ever see, it just spoke of somebody who's not reading attacking play. Mm. So you want him on the ball as much as possible with as little defensive responsibility as possible. But again, like, and Carragher says this, and I agree with it, he doesn't have to become a great defender. He just has to become not a liability type. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I suppose I saw John, Ald- John Aldridge was talking about this. Now, you know, in some ways he's saying, well, at least in midfield, if he loses a one-on-one, he's mm. not the last man. Like, yeah. there's just, I mean, it's, it's in some ways simplistic, but there's, there's an element of that. You know, clearly it's very pronounced if he's, if like numerous goals are conceded down his side, yeah. you know, against an electrically quick winger, and you're done. Um, but it's just probably, I think, like people talk about Liverpool in midfield and having an element of control in games, mm. you know, and, and control is the whole package of that. It's that awareness. It's like, what is he? If he, I just feel like he's going to always be in a defensive enough position still with the game ahead of him. With his, you know, he's like he's someone because he's such so good in the ball. You imagine you you primarily want the game to be ahead of him mm. rather than him sort of back to goal. Yeah, no, in true, terms of his position. So then it's very specific in terms of who goes with him and also what type of fullback or wingback you need as well. You know, with that, so I mean, there's, there's a lot of yes, this is great, but is it worth? Is is he that, is he that good that it's worth building your team around? Mm this mm. to accommodate I mean that's and that's the, the equation that will be faced and maybe the answer is yes maybe they will find a player who you know, who would perfectly complement them and you do that but I think that's the question there is every chance they just do what he's, they're doing now which is he stays at right back and steps into midfield inverted when you want routinely yeah. routinely and, and I is almost re-energised by that challenge mm. I thought watching last night I didn't see the game in full I was in here but the highlights he just looked like somebody who was thoroughly enjoying the game and like his senses had been aroused and he was thinking oh yeah me on the ball this is exactly what I was born to do I think they were all enjoying that game though well there is that it's a very fair point there is that but uh, isn't it quite something that uh, I wonder I'd be curious to know what Guardiola makes of hang on Arteta you're doing that with Zinchenko and now Klopp you're doing that with Trent Mm. Can I not copyright some of these ideas? Yeah, the old yeah. No, well, 
I suppose it's sometimes the obvious answer is staring you in the face. I'd say like just an element of Klopp just probably listened to people for a long period of time talking about Trent wanting to play midfield. And like, there's probably almost a stubbornness there going, God, you know. Yeah. It's almost too obvious, but maybe th- that is the solution that's staring at you. But mm-hmm. as I said, like even the way they did it last night and they've done it, like he's playing a full back, like there's just certain games where you can afford to do that and there's certain games where teams will f- t- the more he plays there the more teams will figure out about how to exploit that like to ex- you know to anticipate those movements there's almost a small bit of a surprise package about it now it's yeah. it'll be gone very quickly Trent played in midfield all the way up through schoolboy football they converted him to fullback to get in the team says Larry in Cork echoing Gary Lineker's points mm. yeah I mean he's gifted on the ball he is more gifted than lots of midfielders Carragher for instance said you take De Bruyne uh, uh, away and, and he's as good a passer potentially as there might be in the entire league I agree with all of that I would say the caveat would be twofold one just the ability to take possession in tight spaces 360 uh, view of the field even though he did play at schoolboy football this is another level of player around yeah him. you're often you're often like a very good player at schoolboy football is often dominant by their nature yeah. if you know what I mean they're not under the cosh because they're outstanding but, but still I, th- I think given time actually I think his feet could quicken up and he could learn to do that very quickly because he's so technically brilliant I'd have less concerns about that but the second point is based on the extent to which he just hasn't learned the full back position I would be worried about him reading the game in midfield because he's, he's, he's shown a worrying lack of ability at times at right back to read the play so I, I could see him just make having lapses in judgement and concentration and that would be the concern him learning that position uh, the speed with which he hasn't learned the right back position would suggest there's there's something missing there I mean I know it's it's a stupid like for like but would you rather him or a Declan Rice in terms of your midfield hmm I know I would rather watch Trent but I would probably Declan Rice of course who was Declan everyone Rice. expected Declan Rice would end up as a defender like Declan Rice played for Ireland at centre half yeah. pretty much all the way up and the assumption would be and then this is the thing about like positions that people end up in then it sort of turns out that maybe his skill set you know yeah. is actually better right, suited I'd, to I'd, midfield I'd, at the highest level would, of football I would take Rice I think if you go back and watch that England-France game he was exceptionally good in that game he belonged at that level in midfield I think you parachute Trent in there tomorrow funny things start happening Griezmann suddenly there's a lot more space it all gets a bit messy for him yeah. he'd be although, he, yeah, although actually Rice was did get taken out of position for the first goal in that game must be said he was remind me the uh, the Shumeni goal so Mbappe went on that run across the I pitch I tried to foul Mbappe yeah he lost he completely lost it. that's then, not out of position well the goal was scored from that area he lost his he lost a little bit of his focus no, that's not out of position he, well, tried, to, he yeah, tried to foul sorry, him and out of position is the wrong word but he was he was taking a little bit out of his Control. He, he, the Mbappe distraction is to send him in field, and Rice just lost a little bit of his. I think that's actually, I think I, I think Mbappe could do that to anyone. Like mm. six foot two, Declan Rice, peak of his powers, tried to hack Mbappe down. Mbappe's just that brilliant that he. No, I know. No, I'm just saying the, the, the goal did come. You from think that. Trent would have taken him out? Do you? <laughs> no, he literally. Well, Trent, you know, Trent might have like you know created a pass further up the field when Saka was fouled that time. You know, yeah. he might have. Uh, I mean, you'd certainly, you'd certainly take Trent going forward over Rice. That's for mm. sure. So uh, what happens with Rice in the summer is um, definitely one of these 
like where where is he going to pop up Chelsea you know you just assume it's going to be that <laughs> will it be Arsenal but like it's uh, yeah. point in Arsenal by the way final um, question for you and we've read a minute or two their continued wobble now feels as I said to Pat Nevin last night like title inevitable conclusion etc uh, one of the uh, in the London Times they were looking at changes to starting 11s in the league this year so top of that list with 112 changes to their starting lineup this season would you care to guess which team they've bought a lot of players uh, uh, sorry, sorry. sorry after Chelsea who's second <laughs> uh, yeah indeed uh, 112 changes Chelsea interestingly given all the talk of tiredness Liverpool are second on that list with 88 changes would not have got that now. Mm, I know it feels like it's this fairly beaten up small squad of 13, 14 players but Klopp has quietly albeit not so quietly uh, been rotating as much as anybody in the league so 88 changes to their starting 11 they're in second place and then it's kind of interesting there's no great correlation between who's doing well and who's not doing well albeit Southampton are third and Nottingham Forest are fourth but Man City are fifth Forest would make sense because they've signed so many players. players. Yeah. Southampton, I can't claim to be checking their starting no. eleven all that often. Just check the goalkeeper position. The fewest changes with just 28 changes, Arsenal. Yeah, I can probably... And that was one of the points we I remember making it and we stopped making it as, uh, as the season went on and they were doing so well. But I do remember the start of the season we were asking, is their squad deep enough? And uh, I don't know why we stopped asking that question. I think it's just because things were going so well. Yeah. But uh, suddenly you see of all the teams in the Premier League the fewest changes uh, of all 20 on 28 versus Chelsea's 112 with 8 games to go still a lot of football yeah. suddenly you do think they have been stretched yeah I know it does it, like, that does in simple terms it probably does make sense like, and yeah like, they've had these moments where like Reese Nelson dipped in and got that goal was it against Forrest and they've had one or two Bournemouth. cameos oh, Bournemouth sorry they've had one or two cameos from players um, at times but like even when Jesus was out okay it was in Ketia it wasn't a case that there was the massive rotation like some of our fringe players just have been on the fringes of it you know well, even it says here it's Gary Jacob with the piece of Saka for instance you think about uh, arguably their most important player give or take the England winger 21 has played 73 consecutive Premier League games going back to May 2021 wow. and he's played 12 times for his country as well since last summer 73 Premier League games in a row going back to May 2021 it's a big ask of a 21 year old I wonder they couldn't say hello to that mascot they're all wrecked we were talking about that on a slight oh, tangent yeah, no, yeah. what do you think I thought it, it didn't I, speak well of them yeah it, it just didn't, didn't but I, I kind of wonder again was was the was the angle bad you know were, was there smiles from a distance who knows I'd say there's a massive uh, I'd say now there's like I mean Arsenal posted that themselves I mean that's the funny thing about <laughs> <laughs> like I, I could understand if it was like uh, someone else posted it and said job. look at the, the footage of the Arsenal players walking isn't this dreadful like their own social media team thought yeah. some good stuff here what did they uh, see in the clip that they thought was so good I, I think they just saw the fact that they were signing the shirt I did say earlier there's a single issue thing like look at them signing the shirt isn't they, that nice they, they treated her like a staff member well, did you see there was a clip then was produced? I know we're probably running out of time. We are. You've there was a produced clip of Gary Neville talking about Roy Keane back in Manchester United back in the day. That was on the diary of CEO. Yeah. All yeah. the players ignored the receptionist trying to get a jersey signed and Keane went to Ferguson and Ferguson came downstairs and bollocked them. Went through them. Yeah. Spoke well of Keane. Yeah, it does. The receptionist was upset that the players just hadn't bothered to sign the shirt for charity and Roy asked her why you upset. Straight to Ferguson's office, Ferguson downstairs. 
bollocking. Yeah, like five out of 23 had stopped on a given day or something and that was the, the tipping point, yeah. Yeah, but maybe those five of 23 had at least looked her in the eye. Mm, yeah, exactly. And maybe, maybe some of the ones who didn't said hello as they walked past. Yeah, I'd sooner be yeah. told hello when I'm not signing the jersey than what the Arsenal players did to that. Poor girl. Oh, yeah. uh, our football show coverage is brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.